0: God today we want to worship him and thank him for loving us
1: thank him oh hallelujah he's worthy of our praise today let's lift our heart let's sing our praises to him heavenly father we love you this morning Lord we thank you Lord that you first loved us Lord and that you demonstrated your love Lord that while we were yet sinners Lord that Christ died for us died for our sins lord that we could be reconciled to you that we could experience your love lord god and father we pray lord as we worship and lift our song to you today god that you would pour out your love upon us lord in a special way that you would fill our heart with your presence with your joy lord be glorified in this place we ask you to meet every need and we give you praise for it in jesus name amen amen
0: mm mm-hmm.
2: Knowing that you are able and willing to take care of everything, Jesus, we thank you that you work in even impossible places, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, let's worship him this morning.
0: I'll get no other name for
2: money. you that every victory from the past. Oh, Jesus, gives us faith for today and tomorrow because you are the same, Jesus. You come through time and time again.
0: Just the
1: We love you and we exalt you. With our song and with our lives, we exalt you and we honor you. We love you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for all that you've done and how faithful you have been. We thank you for the great salvation you've given us. We thank you for the many, many great and precious promises you've spoken to us. We thank you, Lord, that you have forever been faithful. And we will forever give you praise, glory, and honor. Now we pray continue to fill your sanctuary with a strong measure and moving up your spirit. May bruised hearts receive a touch of the healing oil of heaven. May heavy minds and hearts receive deliverance that comes from the anointing breaking and shattering that yoke and may your word be fresh nourishment for each one of us to inspire us and encourage us to impart a new measure of divine strength to us that we might fight this good fight for your glory and for your honor in Jesus name and all God's people said Let's give Jesus a hand clap. He's wonderful, and he's worthy. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. And children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. Amen. Praise the Lord. Bye-bye. Amen. Well, good morning. So good to see everybody out. Amen. With this um, church picnic Sunday. So we're going to do our best to preach the word that encourage our faith. So with that, let's go to a story from the life of the Apostle Paul. So if you would, go with me to Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27, it's... We're going to read a little bit, because we want to get this exciting story. We want to get the background of it, and then we'll camp out on a few specific verses, but I want to talk about anchors of assurance. And the Bible says in verse 13 in Acts 27, "When a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought they had obtained what they wanted." So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. The apostle Paul's a prisoner on his way to Rome. They're taking him there. God wants him there to preach the gospel to Caesar. So Paul's a prisoner and they're on the ship. And Verse 14 says, Before very long a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. Sometimes you get caught in a storm and you kind of lose control and just seem like your life's just driving you along wherever it wants to take you. Kind of lose direction and purpose when you let the storm get the best of you. Verse 16, as we passed to the lee of a small island called Cordia, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. When men had hoisted it aboard, they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together, fearing they would run aground on the sandbars of Certus, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. And when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued to rage, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Now, after the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself the damage and the loss. Told you so. But now, I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Because last night, An angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men. For I believe God. I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. I belong to God. I serve God. And I believe God, and it's going to happen just like God said it would. Can you say amen? Amen. Anchors of assurance, anchors of assurance, our topic this morning, enduring and overcoming in the storms of life. Paul's facing a literal storm, but to you and I can symbolize the storms that we all face as believers. The enemy of our soul, he'll try to attempt to knock us off course. He'll attempt to keep us from our appointed destination or kind of crash our faith against the rocks. But we have in this story preserved by God himself for you and I anchors of assurance that will guarantee that we will outlast and we will overcome the storm. Can you say amen? And ultimately, we're going to go through that storm, every storm for the glory of God. Now, Paul's a prisoner and he's on his way to stand before Caesar. The storm begins with a little gentle breeze that turns into a great Mediterranean storm. Now, the soft breeze gave the sailors a false confidence as they set out. And then the fierce winds that Paul had predicted hit them. It's called a northeastern or a rocklidon, a typhoon-like wind well-known and feared by sailors. The ship was driven off course as the winds and the waves tossed it about. At first the cargo was thrown overboard. Then cables had to be drawn underneath the hull of the ship just to keep the ship from falling apart. Terror gripped all aboard. And all hope was abandoned except by Paul. Now Paul steps up. You know, friend, men and women of faith need to stand up and speak up in such times of crisis. That's no time to let the timid and the unsure lead the charge. That's time for men and women that know God to stand up and speak up and declare your confidence and settle the rest. Paul remained calm in crisis. Why? Because Paul's trust was not in the ship nor its crew. It was in a living Savior and a resurrected Lord. Paul had been through other storms and other dangers and other difficulties and the Lord had come through for him just like he's come through for us. Lord has brought him through again and again. And this storm would be no exception. Friend, the storm you're facing will be no exception. As God brought you to this far, he's going to bring you the rest of the way. The devil is a liar. Remember the last one he brought you through? He's going to do it again. Somebody is going to do it again. Like Paul, you and I should have and can have such confidence. In our times of crisis, we serve the same Jesus. I want you to note the contrast. The men are in a terrible storm. And the sailors who knew all about storms and sailings are so frightened they've given up all hope. But this Jewish preacher, presumably who should know little about ships or storms, he steps up, he speaks up. Man, have your courage, keep your courage. Don't be afraid, Christian, child of God he didn't bring you this far to bail on you now he still calms the troubled souls of men he still makes a way where there seems to be no way he's still the god that brings his people through and he'll bring you through it makes no difference how rare this trial is it doesn't matter how bad this trial seems but god who began this good work in you he's promised to finish that work and complete that work so keep up your hope and keep up your strength don't lose your song don't let the devil steal you a peace in the midst of it all just know that you know god started me out on this journey and god's gonna bring me through to the finish line somebody give god a praise hallelujah anchors of assurance we got to live with assurance. You won't backslide if you have an assurance. You won't make foolish decisions that you cry about 20 years later when you have that assurance. When you have the assurance of God's keeping power in your life, it'll affect how you make a decision. It'll affect how you respond to unkind and uncruel things of men. When we have the assurance, it makes all the difference. anchors of assurance. Paul's words contain principles by which you and I, we can keep up our courage. And be confident, even in the midst of life's storms. Forget avoiding all of life's storms. You'll never do it. They're part of life. We can make up our minds we're going to be victorious, not only after the storm, but in the midst of the storm. Anybody can shout after. It takes a real man or woman of faith to shout in the midst. Number one, our first anchor, Paul knew God was with him. The anchor or the assurance of God's presence. What a comforting assurance when we face the storms of life. God is with me. The one that spoke the world into order and gave this earth its first spin and rotation. He's with me. Wow. He hasn't abandoned me. He hasn't forgotten me. In fact, he's got a promise just for me. Ha. <laughs> And he's still working all things for the good for me. The storms of life cannot, the storms of life will not separate me from the love of God, from the power of God, from the presence of God. Instead, they'll just cause him to draw me a little closer and hold me a little tighter. That anchor holds, friends. The anchor that has an assurance, God is with me. The report might have been bad, but God is with me. The winds are howling against me, but God is with me. Others might have fled and forsaken me, but God is with me. And that keeps me from falling or failing or running or straying or drifting or falling apart. Paul said it so beautifully, so movingly in Romans 8. What can separate us from the love of God? tribulation or distress persecution famine nakedness peril sore paul says emphatically no none of those things for in those things not after those things but in the midst of those things we are more than conquerors through the one that loves us and is with us and never forsakes us the first thing paul knew and you and i must know when the storm comes god is with me you see, the immature, the unbeliever somehow thinks God left when the storm comes, but that could, nothing could be farther from the truth. The greater the storm, the greater its presence. The greater the storm, the greater the working of God's Spirit in our lives. God was with him. The angel appeared to reassure him, yet Paul was already aware of that eternal truth, just as we should be. Jesus said in Matthew 28, Lo, I am with you always. And again, Hebrews 13, He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And as we who have walked with God for many years can testify, God has taken us through storms and trials. He's been with us. He's never failed us. In fact, fact, when we look back, we can see sometimes in amazing ways, How God has made himself known to us in the midst of it all where it seemed like everything was just falling apart and the ship was getting ready to crash. We can remember how in the midst of it all, He quieted our hearts almost supernaturally. People around us saw something strange had happened. He calmed our fears in our minds. He reassured us of His presence. He has spoken to us. He has made Himself known to us in places, sometimes even in small ways, but we knew that was God. That was the Lord. Did you hear the voice? We knew it was Jesus reassuring us of His care and of His working and of His control of our lives sometimes there was a still small voice in our hearts he doesn't always speak that way people that are always hearing voices probably something not quite right with them but you know from time to time that voice of the spirit reassures us when we're going through it have you ever been there i mean you're going through hell every report is bad the next one gets worse but something on the inside it's all right son it's all right I'm in control. I'm going to bring you through this. Don't forget. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's an unexpected call at just the right time. Sometimes an unexpected person that you would never expect. And God will give you special favor. Someone comes across and you get favor. And you got in to see that person, that person. And you just know, God, you're still here. Lord, you're still here. This anchor, the conscious assurance, awareness, I should say, of god's presence it will make a great difference in how we endure the storm it will give us an enduring confidence in times of crisis it has a steadying effect on the heart It has a calming effect it eases our soul you know whenever i think of the lord walking with us through the trials of life i'm always reminded of those three hebrews those three hebrew young men in the book of daniel that third chapter in the babylonian empire with king nebuchadnezzar most of us know the story They're called in before the king because they refused to bow before his false god. They were threatened and they were intimidated. They were even given a chance to recant, but they would not budge. Oh, friend, oh, God, give us more that refuse to budge. Can you say amen? Give us more that refuse to bow and budge to the pressure of the age and the moral compromise of the hour to that broad path that Jesus warned us about. But these men, they stood tall. But standing tall, it meant a fiery storm would try their faith. They were bound hand and foot. They were thrown into that huge blast furnace, and it was heated up seven times hotter than it normally was. Friend, it might cost you to stand tall for Jesus Christ, but when the heat was hottest and the storm is at its worst, Jesus was there and Jesus will always be there. He was there for them, and he'll be there for you. And you know the story. What a beautiful story. When that old king looked in, another king gave him a revelation amen he looked in and and what he found out was simply this those three men they were no longer bound they were no longer burned and they were no longer alone glory be to God he saw Jesus in there that fourth man his name is Jesus he walked in that fiery furnace with them and he'll walk in every fiery trial that you ever face. sometimes we don't recognize it sometimes we're not aware of it but the next time you're in the heat of that fire just go ahead and you'll see Jesus standing there. Just go ahead and quiet your soul and you'll hear the assurance of the Spirit of God saying, I'm with you. I'm for you. I'm in control of you. You're my child. This life doesn't rule you. I rule you. And you're safe and secure in the loving arms of your Savior and your King. Oh, somebody, Jesus still walks with us through the fiery trials of life. He's there when no one else is there. He's there when no one else can be there. And he's still there with us today. The assurance, the anchor of the assurance of God's presence with us even when the storm rages. Paul knew that. Paul understood that. Paul, that great rabbi of rabbis. How many know Paul knew his Bible? He knew the Old Testament. That's all that he had. And I believe Paul knew Psalm 23 pretty good. He knew even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, when I get really close to the worst of the worst, even then I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod of thy promise, thy staff of thy presence comforts me and I know everything. you going to be alright. Somebody give God a praise. I'm telling you, Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. Don't sign on the dotted line. Jesus isn't done yet. Don't give in to that pressure. Jesus isn't done yet. Hmm. Anchors of God's assurance. I'm going through a storm. Whew. Sometimes I feel like I'm going through enough for a few people. Amen. But I know that's not right. I know we're all going through it. Everybody facing them. First anchor. This anchoring my faith, you see. I'm not going to sink. I'm anchored in the Lord. I'm not going to do something stupid that I feel bad about. Those storms will try to make you desperate. Those storms will mess with your thinking and your decision. making. Come on, say Amen. I mean, say amen for your neighbor if you never did it. That's all right. But I have an assurance that he's with me. That changes everything. Oh, my, oh, my, my. Secondly, Paul had the assurance not only that God was with him, but that he belonged to God. There's a difference there. Verse 23, he talks about the God of whose I am. I love that. Paul knew he belonged to God. Oh, what peace to know you belong to God. Amen? Say what you want. I belong to God. Try what you like. I belong to God. Amen? He's in control of me, and that's a good thing. Oh, I'm going to rest in that one. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price, and that's a good thing. That's a comforting thing. This is a very special point because it speaks of relationship, value, worth, identity, and this anchor of assurance gives us great comfort and peace, because it reveals we are cherished. We are a cherished possession of God Almighty. Paul says to God, whose I am, New King James, to whom I belong, I belong to God. you got to deal with Him. I belong to God. you got to put it up with Him. The living God owns me. He purchased me, and he will take care of me. What a comforting thought. Friend, think about it. He paid the greatest price to purchase purchase us and to make us his very own. The precious blood of Jesus shed for you, shed for me, that we might become sons and daughters of God, that we might be redeemed. He purchased us, that we might be reconciled. He made us sons and daughters at peace with God again redeemed, and reconciled, and made righteous, we now stand right before God as the blood has covered us and the blood has washed us. What a great, great love He expressed over you and I. What a great price He paid to restore us to sonship and bring us forgiveness. What a great value and worth the Almighty has placed upon us. We are. The chosen possessions of God. You say to someone, how much do you value it? The answer, how much are you willing to pay for it? And oh, God paid the greatest price for you and for me. Oh, what a comforting thought. Think of these two moving images from the Bible that God uses to describe His love towards our relationship with Him. The first one, we belong to God as the bride belongs to the bridegroom. What a thought. What a, what a moving thought. What a beautiful picture. Nothing is going to tear the, tear the bride from the arms of Jesus. And then the second one, we belong to God as a child belongs to the Father. Wow. If earthly fathers can sense such love, such protection, such readiness to shield, to defend, to protect, how much more our Father which art in heaven? so important to recognize this anchor i belong to god i belong to god i am a son daughter of god he purchased me at the greatest price i wasn't cheap i wasn't some thing in a garage sale sticker at 10 cents amen oh can i give you a dollar and take the whole batch take them no not at all he loved us so much he said his only begotten son to die for us that all blessed you that ought to move you If you don't have a good self-esteem, start reading your Bible and find out who you are in Christ and how much God loves you and all God did to purchase you. That'll build that thing up, amen? This last thought underneath this point, this point of understanding we belong to God is so important because storms, sometimes storms will try to identify you, label you, tag you, mark you. Just think of a storm, you can name the storm. And how it can mess with your esteem and your confidence. How you feel and how you see yourself and how you see life. Again, storms will try to stamp you. Don't let your stormy background define you. Don't let past failures, calamities, breakdowns define you. Don't let that handicap, that setback, That weakness define you. Your identity is in Jesus Christ since you've come to the Lord. See, you can go through it and not be it. And not wear the label of it for the rest of your life. You can go through it and not be it. Don't let the storms define you. Don't let them label you. What am I saying? Some people have outlasted or survived a storm. They've gone through a storm, but in their thinking, in their speaking, and deep down in their esteem, they still carry its tag. They still tend to see themselves through the failure or the pain of that storm. Let me read you a paragraph of this story that maybe it'll help me explain this point a little bit more, and hopefully it'll encourage us. After more than a a year, as Barbara Bush's press secretary, Anna Perez, marveled, at the wonders of her position for good reason. We all remember Mrs. Bush, right? President Bush's wife and her press secretary, Anna Perez. There was a time when Perez had dreamed not of having a White House office, but of simply having a roof over her head. Perez was in fifth grade when she came home from school and found her mother, two brothers, and two sisters sitting on the street. They had been evicted. Mom had to split up the family, Perez remembers, and I lived with my fifth grade teacher for a while. But no matter how bad things got, my mother made it clear that we were not defined by our financial situation. We were defined by our ability to overcome it. So let me say this again. You can go through it and not be it. Don't let that past divorce or that past bankruptcy that past dysfunction, that past flop, define you and mess with your head and mess with how you see yourself and you see life. Let Jesus define you. He's got a better label for you. He's got a better word for you. He's got a better identity for you. Receive your new label. Receive your new name. Receive your new story now that you've come to Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Anchors of assurance. Confidence. In the midst of crisis, Paul knew that God was with him. Paul knew that he belonged to God. Paul knew that he was in the Lord's service. Again, verse 23, Paul says to God, whose I am and whom I serve. This third truth is what anchored Paul's faith and gave him the assurance and and the drive of divine purpose. Purpose is important purpose um, rallies us purpose stirs us up you know it's easy to give up and die when you don't have no more hope when you go through a storm and you don't see any reason to come through the storm it's easy just to give in to the storm and let the thing take you but when you remember this that you have a reason for being that you have a divine purpose every time you have a breath it stirs us up to fight it stirs us up to believe It stirs up and says, I'm not going to put up with this devil. I'm going to lay hold of the armor of God. I'm going to lay hold of the promises of God. And I'm going to believe God because I know my God has a will for my life and a desire for my life. And there's something I'm intended to do. And I won't let this storm keep me from it or destroy me through my faith. Having purpose is very important. Whom I serve. Paul was anchored and steadied. He was secured because he knew he was in the Lord's service. He was under divine orders, and so are you, so am I. You see, Paul knew he was not a Jonah. He wasn't being presumptuous. He wasn't tempting the Lord that got him in this mess. He knew that God had sent him to Rome, that God had ordained for him to stand before Caesar and preach and bear witness to the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So the storm could rage and the ship could break apart, but God would preserve his service. It's beautiful to know you're in the Lord's service. It's beautiful to know your times are in his hands. And he has a purpose. You're not just living life. You're living life with destiny and purpose. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. And God Almighty has a task for you an assignment for you. And that's what rallies us. That's what stirs up. There is a reason for being. The angel said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must. You must. There's a you must in every life that serves the Lord. You must stand before Caesar. You must pray through. You must reach that soul. You must accomplish that task. And God has graciously given you. Woo! That's another sermon for another day. You see, Paul's in the will of God bringing blessing." all those around him that didn't deserve it. Now Jonah gets out of the will of God. And he just about destroys those that didn't deserve it. When God's servant gets out of the will of God. You bring judgment and calamity on everyone around you. When you walk with God you bring blessing. When you walk with God. Oh yeah another sermon for another day. Don't mess with the will of God. Walk in it. Take it very seriously. Don't play with it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's confidence that comes from knowing. I'm a servant of the Most High God. I'm in the Lord's service. I'm in God's will. One preacher used to say, some are sent and others just went. But when you're in the will of God, it stirs you up, fires you up. Whew. I didn't come here on my own. came here under divine orders, sent by God. The God that spoke the worlds placed me. Don't say that lightly. But when you pray things through and you seek first that kingdom and you seek the Lord and you submit and yield, you can have a confidence of being led of the Spirit. We're not talking about sowing wild oats and praying for crop failure. That's not the one I'm talking about. You know, God, God's no one's chump, isn't that right? But you know when you're seeking the Lord and doing your part to be faithful, then you can have that confidence. God is leading me. This isn't an accident. This is an appointment. Oh, my Lord. Christian, you are in the Lord's service. You are immortal till God calls you home. And God has a good plan, and God has a will for your life. You see, humanism actually has deval- devalued humanity in their misguided attempt to exalt man. They've actually debased man and deteriorated man. But the Almighty tells us that from our mother's womb. He knew us and He loved us. And He had a good and an important plan for us. Yes, 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 God. The Almighty God. The only true and living God. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a job for you to do. The truth of divine destiny, the truth of eternal purpose should fuel us. Should fuel within a strong sense of expectation, yea, of importance, of determination. Christian, the Lord wants you to know that you're in the Lord's service and somebody needs you. Tell someone around you, somebody needs you. you got to hear, somebody needs you. That should stir you up, that should rile you up, that should move you up. It's not time to coast, it's not time to die, it's not time just to look for an easy path. There's still lives that need to be touched, there's still people that are broken that we have to lift up. There's a job to do to those that truly believe the Bible is the Word of God. You're in the Lord's service and somebody needs you. That storm cannot, must not have you because somebody needs you. Your family, your friends, your co-workers, the church, the strangers, there's somebody bleeding and dying on the Jericho road of life. They need you. Somebody needs your love and somebody needs your life. Somebody needs your witness. Somebody needs your support. Somebody needs your prayers. Somebody needs your your protection. Somebody needs your friendship. The angel reminded Paul, Paul, you're not done yet. I remind someone this morning, you're not done yet from fresh orders from headquarters or getting ready to speak to your heart. And God don't want you wavering. God don't want you hemming and hawing. God wants you saluting saying, yes, sir, where you lead me, I will follow. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You're not done yet. There's stories that need to be told. There's battles that need to be fought. There's testimonies that need to be shared. There's young men that need to be mentored. There's young ladies that need to be mothered. You're in the Lord's service. Stir yourself up. Rouse yourself up. Hear the call of the commander. Let that fuel your faith and focus your march. Carry on the task your Heavenly Father has entrusted to your life. Carry it on with bold faith and expectation. Carry it on with effort and excellence for the glory of God. And be determined to never be deterred by setbacks or situations or storms. For greater is He that's within you than he that's in the world. Anchors of assurance. These anchors keep us steady, strong, and secure when the storms of life try to knock us off course or drive us into the rocks or get us to sink our faith and just give up on this great fight. Anchor number one, God is with me. God is with you. No matter what you're facing, you do not face it alone. May you have the assurance and the steadying strength. Jesus stands by your side. Not only is he with you, but you belong to the living God. No matter what you've gone through, that no longer defines you. You're now defined by the word of God and what it declares over you. You are precious. You are wonderful. You are highly favored in the eyes of God. You are a child of God. He put that ring of authority on you. Amen. That robe of righteousness is on you. My Lord, have mercy. And not only that, you're in the Lord's service. We're not just here to shout and dance until the rapture comes or we take you across the street. While you are here with breath in your lungs, you have a job to do and you have lives to touch. So just get ready, get ready, get ready. It's not time to fall asleep. It's time to rise up and say, Lord, I got some living to do. I got some lives to touch. You are not alive by accident. You are alive as the Lord hath need of thee. And He's got a purpose for you. And as you give yourself wholeheartedly, He'll open the door. He'll send the call. He'll put things in motion. And He expects you to step forth. And give the sacrifice that's demanded. Give the devotion that's demanded. Give the faith and effort that's demanded that God can use you as a co-laborer of Jesus Christ. And lastly, Paul believed God. Verse 25, what a verse. Faith in God's word. Paul says, I believe it's going to happen just like God said it would. Isn't that beautiful? I don't look like it, but I believe. Amen? I mean, it looks like this thing's going to fall apart any moment. And we're getting ready to abandon ship. But guess what? I got a word from heaven. Everything's going to be all right. Don't you see it? Ah, I know what I see, but I also know what I heard. And I believe God. Final principle comes from the end of Paul's speech. Paul knew God. So it's not only a case of God being with him or belonging to God or being in God's service. He knew God as a God of all circumstances who could be trusted at all times. He knew God, whose word and promises could be relied upon on all occasions. My friend, God has a word for you in the midst of that storm. And He wants you to believe it. He wants you to embrace it. And He wants you to expect it to come to pass. This anchor holds firm when all other navigational systems fail us. (laughs) It's easy to lose your bearings in the storm. Can you say amen? Sometimes that storm hits you and you wake up a week later and say, what in the world was I thinking? Well, I know what you're thinking like the rest of us are thinking. Sometimes that storm is so unexpected, it just jars you. You're numb for a day and a half till finally you, you learn to get your faith going again. Amen? We've all been there. The dog, you come home, The wife comes home with a doctor's report. You know, she says something and next thing you know you, you you passed out on your feet and then you begin to lord you're in control starts down with that little voice you got to remind yourself of what you do believe lord you're in control you're a good god we belong to you you're in control and you just begin to talk see you can talk yourself into certain things you can talk yourself out of certain things talk yourself into faith amen Don't talk yourself into, well, I heard. Forget what you heard there. Get with the Bible, what they heard in the Bible. Amen? You begin to stir it up. It's easy to lose your bearings in the storm. It's tempting to forget that we find stability in the storm through believing what God has said. Not in life's explanations, but in God's good promises. We stand firm, we rest. There's a tendency in our humanness to turn to other sources when things are pressure filled when things are hard path of least resistance gets very tempting does it not isn't that true just escape we've all seen the snicker commercial do you want to get away i want to get away i don't want to face that thing i don't want to go through that thing one more week this answer sounds good but is it god's answer Sometimes God's answer is hold steady and believe. Hold steady and believe the good word of the Lord. Don't ever forget the anchor of stability that will hold you firm no matter how intense the winds or the waves is that written word of God. Jesus said that word is the foundation that keeps our lives steady when the storms are ripping against it. And then not only do we hear the word but how beautiful this is when you hear the voice of faith. Paul says, and I believe God. I not only read it, I believe God. I have faith in God. And not only in the midst of the storm. will you hear God's promise. God wants you to declare, I believe God. I'm trusting God. I know every report in the natural is bad, but I believe God. God will bring us through. God will make a way. God will fulfill His promise. God will turn it around. Just like He said He would. I have faith in God. I believe God will bring back that wayward child. Revive His backslidden people. Build His church for His glory. Release His healing power in the now, in the now, in the now. He'll supply our need. He'll deal with our enemies. I believe God will do what He said He will Anchors that hold us together and keep us on course. God is with me. I belong to God. I'm in the Lord's service. And I believe what God said. Hallelujah. As we close our service, we'll sing our final song after our final prayer. And if you have a need, please come. I know it's picnic day, but we always have time to pray for people with needs. That's why we're here. Amen? We get all afternoon to eat. I know most of us, we'd probably be eating all afternoon and then going to the night. But anyhow. (laughs) just ask you, if you have a special need, if you'd like prayer, come on down when we begin to sing. If not, would you at least sing the song one time through? sing a song about our confidence in God, bringing us through the trials. And then after you sing it one time through, you'd be dismissed. You can go across the street and enjoy the picnic. And Pastor Todd will take it from there. And when those burgers are ready, he'll lay hands on them and pass them out. No, he'll, will we'll start, we'll start eating over there. But let's just take this time. Because I don't know, maybe someone's here and you're going through a storm. Well, it's not surprising because storms are part of life. And maybe you just want to spend a little time seeking the Lord. We're never in a rush when it comes to the serious things. Sometimes it's good just to come and wait on God. Lord, give me fresh grace for a fresh week. Lord, I need some wisdom. Got some decisions to make. And quite frankly, I don't know to zig or to zag. Help me, Lord. Lord, I'm getting tired. And when I get tired, I revert back to the old me. And I don't like the old me. I'm trying to get away from the old me. So, Lord, maybe you can help me. Maybe you can just give me some fresh strength. I need something I don't have because I know what I'm facing this week. It's not in me to handle it properly. But, Lord, I know you can do it. So, if you have a need, you just want to come and pray, or you'd like to stand, you got to want prayer. We'll do that. For the rest of you, I'll sing the song one time through, and then you're dismissed, and we can go and we, we can picnic. But would you stand with me, please, as we pray? God is so good. God is so good. Don't feel bad about going through storms. We all go through them. Don't let the devil tell you, God don't love you, or God's bailed on you. He don't bail on his own. He's a good father, amen? And if we're honest, sometimes we bring things upon ourselves. We've got to be honest. I've done it, haven't you? But normally they just come as part of life, and we, you know, we live in a crazy world. But we have assurances that others don't. We have anchors to hold us firm that other people that don't know the Lord cannot lay claim of. So don't feel bad about the storm. Be reminded and encouraged by the anchors of assurance that you have because you're a Christian. And embrace them. Thank God for them. And let them bring you on through. Father, we thank you for this encouraging story from the life of the Apostle Paul and we thank You for these uplifting reminders of Your presence, of our purpose, and our identity, and Your promise. Lord, I pray this morning, especially if someone's going through a storm, whatever kind of storm it is, it could be physical, family, on the job, in the heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, encourage the hearts of Your people, reminding them and reassuring them of Your presence, Your power, your control and your help for them in the midst of the storm. Help them to believe your promise. Help them to believe and declare your promise. And, oh, Lord, just right now, give them a fresh glimpse of your nearness that will bolster them and inspire them in Jesus' name. And, all God's people said, if you need